0: Welcome to Once Upon a Time. Today, I'm joined by Alex Mitchell and she brings people's books to life. She's an independent book coach, an author's consultant and an editor. And she lives on a pineapple farm on the Sunshine Coast in the hinterland. And so she's worked the last eight years with business people, helping them create books that complement their businesses and increase their professional standing. But not only is she this amazing entrepreneur who helps others, she also is the facilitator of a not-for-profit group called the Sunshine Coast Women Entrepreneurs where women can come together and collaborate and learn together. Alex is also a mum. She's married to a farmer and they've got seven kids. So I would say that she has lots of arms and is fantastic at juggling her schedule. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me on the show Annette. Yes, I think all mums are champion jugglers, aren't they? We all have to do a lot every day.
0: We do. It's kind of like, where are those extra six arms? I must tuck them away. <laughs> yeah. So, tell me a little bit about so your business is called Alex Mitchell
1: my business is called author support services okay so it's very descriptive i'm a very practical person so it's a very practical business name and that's what i do i support authors to write their books most of my authors are not professional writers they're professional business people so they don't want to learn the entire craft of writing and the industry of publishing they just want to get what they know down into 250 pages and have it be useful in their business and have it be worth the time and cost that it takes to do it so that's what I do I help them I'm a cheerleader and a butt kicker and everything <laughs> in between and make it happen, project management, and all sorts of things along the way. And I love it.
0: You Do you find that you have to kick a lot of butt? Because I would imagine working in your own business and then sitting down to write a book in the evening would be sometimes a bit challenging.
1: It is challenging. It's difficult to fit everything into a day. So there's a certain amount of my work that's helping people figure out how they're going to fit that in because obviously if you wait for spare time, you will never write your book because I've never met anyone who had spare time who's running a business and a family. So there's a lot of project management and time management in there and making it happen. So I guess people pay me to kick their butts and to give them deadlines and hold them accountable so that they can Achieve what they want to achieve, not what I want to achieve, but what they wanted to do, and they've realised that without a little bit of a helping hand, it might never happen.
0: Do you find that there is an increase in the number of people who are writing books now? Like you've got the ebook readers like Kindle, which is a great platform to be able to share your knowledge, but also, you know, I've noticed a lot of people are publishing hardcover well not hardcover softcover business books almost seems like everywhere you turn around someone's publishing a book
1: that's absolutely true it's enormous at the moment i think there's a lot of noise out there in the market and there's a lot of people running their own businesses and doing amazing things and it's hard to be heard above the noise as you know working in pr It's about being seen and having people find out just what a magnificent job you're doing in your area of expertise. So, a book is a good way to show that it's an affordable entry level product. So, for $20, people can open up your mind and have a look inside and see whether they like your approach and discover if they want to work with you further. It is a really great tool to have in your business, particularly if you. Are trying to increase your public profile. So if you want to move on to the speaking circuit or run workshops and things, people want to be able to check you out really thoroughly beforehand. And having a book is a great way for them to do that. And that's why I, I recommend that people do an ebook and a physical book. I mean, honestly, it's the same amount of work. You've already written the book, you may as well publish it in a few different formats to make it worthwhile. It's all about leveraging your time so that you can use that information in so many places and you can use it not just in an ebook and a physical book but you can use it as the basis for your workshops. You can use it as a tool in your one-to-one consults. You can use it as you chop up the chapters and use it for speaking topics. There are just so many ways to use the information if you plan it out to do that rather than just sitting down and writing everything you know, if you actually make a plan and figure out how it's going to fit in your business and what you want it to do, then you can make it tick all those boxes.
0: So that's something that you help people do is get that outline of what the book will look like, what the content will create, so that they can leverage their time and their money for maximum bang of the buck.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I find that Writing a book is pretty time consuming and it is, well, I think it's number one mistake people make is that they start writing and don't really have a plan for where that writing is going to take them. So when I start working with a client, that's where we start is who are you? What are you trying to share? Why are you trying to share that? What is it that you want to achieve for your business? Who's your target market? What are they looking for? All of that conversation before you write anything so that you can create a scaffolding for your work and meet the outcomes that you've set.
0: I love that word scaffolding. I just got a real visual from that. I could see what you're trying to do. You really it's about building, isn't it? It's about creating and, and getting the foundations right.
1: It is, absolutely. It's about getting those foundations right so that you can be creative in that space and I know there's a certain amount of the people that I work with really struggle with the idea of creating scaffolding because they're worried it'll stop their creativity and put them into little boxes, but it's actually the opposite. If you've um, created a really good outline for your book, then when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning with some amazing ideas of what you want to share and some really great wording, you can write that. And just let it flow free in the knowledge that you know where it's going to fit in your book. It doesn't matter if it's chapter fourteen or chapter twenty-six. You've got that outline there, so you can just write when the urge is there and it's got somewhere to go. So it actually allows you to be more creative. Get caught up in oh, I can't write that yet. That's in the next chapter. I I can't write it till I've written the first chapter.
0: So it's really important to be flexible. That even though you have a plan, like when I work with a client. We create a PR plan so we know what stories we're going to tell and we know who we're going to tell them to and why. But sometimes Mm. that plan is Mm. flexible because other things come up or we might need to move things around. So you're Mm. saying the same thing is don't get stuck with the rigidity of a plan.
1: Yes, it will always change. I think the book will grow itself and you can make a plan so that you know where you're trying to get to. But along the way, you'll find roadblocks and diversions that you didn't know were going to be there. And you'll find opportunities you didn't know were going to be there. So it's like like your business plan. You've got to be be open to change things when it's the right time. You've got to have that goal in mind in the first place so that you know where you're trying to get to. How you're going to get there often changes along the way, but the outcome remains the same. So you've got to have that goal in mind.
0: Absolutely. Do you think this is something that just dawned on me? Is are we being inundated with information? And I can't believe I'm saying this. Is there too much out there or is it like sometimes I feel like I'm under an avalanche? You know, everyone's got a workshop. There's you know, people are writing books, ebooks, pumping out blogs and other content marketing. Do you think there's a point where we kind of go or no more? Or just keep pushing through that?
1: Well, I guess there is a lot out there. There's information everywhere. But as you know, when you're looking through all the content that's available on the subject that you're interested in, 80% of it doesn't touch you. It's not quite the angle that you're looking for, or it doesn't speak to you, or the language is wrong, or the focus is slightly different, or there's too much detail or not enough detail. and so in your writing, it's about finding your point of difference and finding where you fit in the market. I think one of um, one thing that small business people often try to do when they're writing is to share everything they know, and it's too much it's too much information, just as you're saying. So I find that the most successful books try to say one thing and say it really clearly rather than the shotgun approach of trying to sort of hit everybody and say everything at once. So people are looking for specific information in the style that really speaks to them. And if you do that well, then you'll find that market and hit it really clearly.
0: That's a really good point because we do have this need to show everyone oh my god I'm an expert in this field I'm going to regurgitate everything I know onto you right now and then the person ends up walking (laughs) away going I think I think I've been wounded
1: yeah content overload
0: yeah content overload absolutely so tell me Alex how did you get started as a book coach like what's your background
1: well my background is as a busybody, I guess, I'm <laughs> always got <laughs> got something to say about everything. And I have always had a love for the English language. And it, it pains me personally to see it abused. So I do appreciate good writing and I know it when I see it. And I, I started out then as a book editor. My mother was a book editor and so I started out book editing and it Grew from there. I guess I got into business initially when I had very young children and I was, became a single mum. My kids were under school age and I didn't have any family around or any financial support or anything like that or physical support. So I needed to start a business that could feed my family, but I needed to do something that fed my soul as well. It had to be something I really felt strongly about because as a single mum I was pretty time poor and you know running on empty a lot of the time so it was really important to me to be doing something that I loved and I love the written words so yeah I I'd started off being an editor but then I very quickly found that working with business people they weren't ready for an editor they had written a brain dump and got it onto the page everything they knew and then offered it to me and said here it is this is my book and I thought "Whoa, no it's not that's your first draft and you're supposed to show your editor your fifth draft, but they didn't know and how could they know how to get from here to there to get it ready for editing. So I started working with people earlier and earlier in the process and the business grew into what it is now from there. So now I spend most of my time helping people plan out their books and strategize it and fit it into their business plan and make it do something really important for them rather than just tidying up their writing.
0: So when you started your business, it was from home?
1: Yeah, I started from home in my living room and I've changed living rooms a couple of times since then, but I'm still sitting in my living room office right now. So I like to have my office in the middle of the house because as a small business owner, the dream of working just school hours is a dream. So I do my client work during school hours, But like most small business people, I do a certain amount of work at night and on the weekends. So I find if I have my office right in the middle of the house, then it can all swirl around me and I stay connected with everything that's going on rather than locking myself away.
0: Yeah. So you said you've got two children.
1: And last year after, well, I was on my own for 12 years. And then last year I was married to a farmer and now we live out on the pineapple farm and he's got five kids they've um over the last well from six months ago all of his last ones have left home so we're back to only two again
0: oh well that'd be a quiet house now i can imagine nine people living in one house would be noisy
1: (laughs) yeah yeah there's always a few people around but yeah there's his kids are a bit older than mine so we haven't ever all lived together at the same time but different ones come and go and yeah, we just make it work, and he runs his business from home as well, obviously. And I run mine, so I've got my clients here. He's got his people here, and the kids are here, and everyone does it together. I really like that. I like to be in the middle of everything and part of it all. Don't want to miss anything because it makes it hard to juggle if all your balls are in separate places. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. I hear what you're saying. If you, I remember working for an employer. And you'd leave the house at seven, you'd get home at six, and you'd just not be connected to anything or anybody except for the people that you worked with. And Mm -hmm. you started the Sunshine Coast Women Entrepreneurs Group. So that must have been a great way for you to connect with people outside the house who are on a similar journey to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love what I do there. And I think it gives me so much. I I put a lot of time and effort into it and people say oh what a wonderful thing to do and i think in some ways it's quite selfish because i get so much out of it and i sometimes wonder we run an event every six weeks and sometimes i think that that's my social life is going to the events that i run and get to see all these fabulous women and find out what they're all doing and so i started the not-for-profit at about the same time as i started my business I think I very quickly realized when I started out in business that without the support of other women, I couldn't get where I needed to go. And so the education that people gave me organically or that they directed me to structured programs and things, it was invaluable because as a small business person, certainly when you're starting out, you've got to do everything. You've got to be the marketing person and the IT person Uh and the... The cold caller and the networker and the the doer and the cleaner and the cooker, and you've still got to you know run around and do all of your other life things as well, so there's an awful lot of skills that you need to build up there, and I gathered women around me to help keep me accountable and create goals together and the group grew and grew from there and now there's over fourteen hundred women in the group, and I run an event every six weeks and I get An expert in to teach the women something. So, the one coming up next week is on how to run an effective event. And the one in October is on how to plan out your calendar for maximum effectiveness for 2016. So, every six weeks we learn something. And I've been running it for eight years and I'm still booking people to teach me things I want to know because (laughs) there's always more to learn. You no, know, we have a Facebook expert come in every couple of years and do a Facebook workshop and they're never the same because it changes so quickly and there's just so many subjects that we can cover. And so everyone works for free. I obviously do it for free and I get the workshop deliverers to work for free and I have a VA that helps me with the back end of, you know, doing the, the events and everything. She works for free. The photographer works for free. and People only pay for their lunch and it makes it affordable for women who are finding their way so that they can come along without being worried. You know, they can get education but we have such a laugh as well and you get a lot of hugs and you collaborate with other women rather than competing with them, which is really, I think, the crux of it all is getting that support rather than competing with other women.
0: Absolutely, because we are when you're in small business by ourselves most of the day or Mm. like me my little fluffy puppy dog sits on my feet and I talk to him about my woes and my challenges but he's not very helpful when it comes to offering me advice and guidance (laughs) so they're great to
1: practice your pitch on though aren't they I find my dogs will listen to me when the children have left the room the dog will still sit there And listen.
0: I don't think my children have ever listened to me do a pitch. They just roll their (laughs) eyes and go.
1: They They certainly keep us grounded, don't they? Oh
0: they absolutely. When you when you think that, you know, you're starting to become a bit of a high fly, you come home and your child tells you to stop singing because you're embarrassing. That's you kinda like go, All right, okay, I'm still a human being. I get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I was um, a finalist in Businesswoman of the Year recently and I really I enjoyed the moment and that reflection of how far I've come and what I've achieved and what I'm doing to help other women. And then I come home and they, I see my kids and I go, you're doing what? All right, Mum, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not so, impressed.
0: <laughs> no, they're not impressed, are they? And I think that's important because we are working more towards now on, raising our profiles and you know I do that through PR you do Mm. that by helping people leverage their content ultimately it's all about raising your profile and it would be easy to get a big head I think these days because you know there's so many awards out there and there's so many people I know sometimes I walk into a room at a networking and someone goes I go hi I'm Annette they go oh I know and you go (laughs) oh That's a bit freaky. I'm not quite sure how to deal with that aside from going,
1: oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, I think that it's that Facebook famous thing, as my kids would call it. And if we all believed everything that we show to the world, then, yeah, we would get a big head, wouldn't we? But the reality of it, the amount of hard work and blood, sweat and tears and midnight finishes that goes into running a successful small business, it's not the joyous made-up happy smiling face that you always see online or at events there's a lot goes on behind the scenes isn't there
0: that's right do you think that there is space to share that vulnerability and that insight that not everything is peaches and cream when you're building a business or even in life because it is easy to look at Facebook and go Oh my god, that person's doing so well, mm. and I feel so inadequate because you know I've just been sick for half of winter,
1: yeah, and I'm
0: nowhere near. So, do you think it's okay to share that so people go, "Well, oh, she is human."
1: I think in the the new way of business, it's really important to show the reality of it. There is, I have to say, a line. Um, there is oversharing that you do see around sometimes. That is just a bit too much information about what's going on behind the scenes. But you need to be human. People um, now, they don't just want to see a corporate face. They need to know that you're real. And certainly, well, the relationship I have with my clients is very intimate, really. It's a one-to-one relationship. We can work for two years on a book sometimes and we become very close. And for people to trust me with their baby with their book like that i can't just be the public face they need to know you and like you as a person and trust you and that comes with being not perfect and it comes with having a background and it comes with the struggles of everyday life this year my work is compromised because i have a child who needs a lot of support who's doing year 12 And so I'm doing year 12 with him (laughs) and my my parents live in another state and my father's at 90 and he's the primary carer for my mother who has Alzheimer's and he's only got the use of one arm and he's deaf. And so I fly down there every few weeks and help them. And so that reality that's going on in the background that I'm just a normal person and leading a normal life with all of the struggles that we all have. I think it's really important to be rounded like that and it's important as for business to business as well for all of us to see that really there are two sides to the story. It's not always the polished face.
0: Yeah, I think that's important because it's so many women out there who are starting businesses now who are coming from my situation was redundancy. Mm. And you're very raw and you're a little hurt and then going back out and you've got to almost find a new way to operate, don't you? Because we yeah. corporate, you've got to wear the suit and you know say the right thing.
1: And Yeah, it is a very different way of doing things, isn't it? To find that being a real person and yet being professional as well and not letting your own problems come into the workplace, but being human.
0: Yes, forbid we're human. <laughs> My goodness,
1: there's a concept. Yeah, and I think that's the great thing about networking for small business people is, I mean, some networking events are very corporate and very polished, but others, you really can connect with people and share those experiences and be able to see that everyone is juggling like crazy. None of us have really got it all together. We're all, you know, pretending to a certain extent and we're all going dancing as fast as we can to keep it all going and that's the reality of it but it's a wonderful dance I wouldn't be doing anything else I'd go back and work for anybody now.
0: You think you're unemployable?
1: Oh no one would have me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would have me either I think it'd be 10 minutes and I'd go you're what?
1: Yeah <laughs> you want to have an opinion oh dear. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Heaven forbid. I bet you've seen some amazing businesses come through your networking group.
1: Yeah, I certainly have. I get to meet amazing, incredible women doing just mind-blowing stuff. I mean, some of the business ideas that you see out there are—it's amazing to see. Think, wow, someone's actually made a business out of that. I didn't even realize that was a thing. And so that is really wonderful to see the amount of small businesses that are out there doing really niche things. And I guess as small business people, we tend to, we all attract a certain kind of client. And I tend to attract people who are a little bit like me, who are really driven and really want to make a difference and are not about the money. They're about the experience and about helping others and being the change. And so I attract people to me who are a bit like that. And so I get to meet people who are just doing incredible things in the world to make it a better place. But they're making a business out of that as well, because the reality is that we still have to feed our families. So it's a wonderful balance. And it's wonderful to see so many people out there doing it.
0: It is, isn't it? It blows me away. like Sometimes I find it hard to articulate how magnificent women are and how creative we are when it comes. I don't think of any other time in our history have I seen such innovation and creativity mm. yep. from women who were going, you know what, I don't want to work nine to five. I don't want to be asking someone if I can have time off because my kid's sick mm. or You know, like my child has autism. So last year we had like eight suspensions. Mm. Now, if I had been at work, I wouldn't have had a job for very long.
1: No, that's right.
0: So I am blown away by these women like yourself and others that I see on Facebook and around the place who have gone, you know what, I'm really good at this Mm. and I'm going to create a business out of it.
1: Yeah, and I think that it's a mix there of, of finding what you're really good at but it's also pushed by necessity like in your situation with your son you need to have that flexibility um, to be able to care for him and be the parent that you want to be for him and you can't do that in the traditional environment and I I think you know I was the same being a single mum I couldn't get a job that was only nine to three not that was going to pay me enough to pay my mortgage And so I had to think outside the box as well. And being in that position of not having a lot of choice, it pushes you to do things that you wouldn't have had the courage to do otherwise. And I think it's a real gift. No, I could have just gone and got a job in a bakery and been on the single mother's pension. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do it for myself, but I didn't want to do it for my children either. I wanted to show them what was possible and I wanted to be a role model and you know we had our lives spared in the boxing day tsunami and I don't think you can come out of a situation like that and just go on trudging through life doing whatever I think that you get your life spared you've got to make the most of it you've got to say thank you
0: someone's looking out for you and you've got bigger things to go and And that's not taking away from the people who lost their life but Like you said, when you survive something catastrophic like that, it is a wake-up call. Mm,
1: It absolutely is. You know, I thought that I had a tough life before then. I had left a very difficult marriage. I was living in really awful circumstances and living in poverty and all these things. And after surviving that, I realised, well, there was actually nothing wrong with my life. I was alive. And living in a first world country, it really doesn't get much better than that. And both of my children survived with me, which I know didn't happen for an awful lot of people. And so I was very lucky. They were only four and six at the time. So it was extremely lucky that we all managed to get out that day. And so I had to make the most of it. I had to make something of it and say thank you for all of that. But it also makes you realize you you really only get one shot. At life, and so you've got to make the most of it because it could be over at any time.
0: Absolutely. So, as a book coach and an editor and an author's consultant, have you got a book on the go?
1: <laughs> no, I'm paid to procrastinate. About
0: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: I've got two books inside me, and neither of them are ready to come out. One of them is the story of my life, which is pretty incredible roller coaster but I'm not drawn to tell that story at the moment. And I'm okay with that, that it may come later. It's not important to me. I know when a book has to come out, you just have to do it. And my book isn't ready to come out yet. I do have another book on book writing that I want as a gift to my clients. And as soon as I get a moment, I'll be doing that one. But I'm just so busy with my work at the moment that it hasn't made it to the top of the list of things to do. And in my industry, I know just how much effort goes into it. So you've got to be ready to put that time aside to make it happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. If people would like to learn more about how they can work with you, so they've got a book ready to come out now and they need a little bit of guidance and some help, how would they get in contact with you?
1: Well, they can find me on Facebook at Author Support Services or at my website, authorsupportservices.com. And at both of those, you'll find out what I'm doing. I run small workshops around my kitchen table on the pineapple farm to help people pull their books together. And I do one-to-one consultations and Skype consultations and coaching programs and Whatever it is that you need, and I can help you all the way through from the planning that we've talked about, but we go right through to the printing and the publishing and the launching and getting it right out there. So I try to provide what people want and the parts of the service that they want. So there's no packages or anything like that. It's just whatever it is that you need. And I like to do it like that. It's like real life, really.
0: Oh, excellent. It is, isn't it? Because none of us come with a checkboard. No,
1: No, everyone's got things they're good at, things they're not so good at, things they want to help with and things they want to go it alone with. So I like to work like that and treat everyone as an individual, as I do with my children. You know, they all need parenting in different ways. There's no one size fits all.
0: No, that's true. So call your mama Alex.
1: Yeah, that's it. Parent to everybody.
0: Lovely. Alex, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thank you, Annette. It's been great to chat with you today. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Excellent. Until next time, this is Once Upon a Time signing out.